Hey, he took our ball, man. <laughs> I have I have many thoughts about this episode. <laughs> we should probably get into it. All right. Welcome back to Dad's Meat World, your weekly dive into all things John Adams High, right out of 1995. I am Dad number one, exploring the ins and outs of life post-Harley Kiner this week. Joining me in the the deep throes of depression is Dad number two. Join on the mic. I don't want a new leader. <laughs> That's Tyler. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, we'll get into that later. But yes, uh, welcome back to Dad's Meat World. Tyler, how are things in uh, in the Volk household this week? Well, I, I'm i coming in hot. <laughs> so so I've, I have two very different, uh, two different pl- ways we can take this, Brett. I can be my silly, goofy, you know, slightly annoyed, get off my lawn energy, or I could go in a more serious direction and more talking directly to the people. So you tell me which one you want me to do. I want you to do whatever you're moved to do in the very moment. No, no, moment. Brett. I'm giving you the option. <laughs> you tell me. You, uh, l- let's go for talking directly to the people. How about that? All right. I appreciate that. So I, I've... I've stumbled upon on the Max, uh, as I lovingly refer to it in my house now that we can't call it HBO Max. It's now Max. <laughs> you know, we, my wife and I had uh, DC Plus. Was it DC Plus? I can't remember what it was called. Or DC Universe or whatever they mm-hmm. called it. I can't remember at this point. And then we got HBO Max immediately. You know, when we immediately switched over to Max, I mean, that was the easiest one to do. But... I stumbled upon, because of all the dis- different discovery shows and whatnot, uh, a little show called, I think it's Underage and... Um, underage Undercover? Yeah, under, yes, Underage Undercover. Yes, Kelly has been streaming that one hardcore. Yes, yeah, so I've been watching this, and a thought crosses my mind the whole time I watch this, and... Uh, uh, if you don't want to hear anything upsetting, just go ahead and close your ears for a couple of seconds, okay? Unfortunately, there are bad people out there, and there are bad people that want to interact with teenage girls in very inappropriate and horrible, mm-hmm. disgusting ways. And as men, um, you know, there there are lines that you cannot cross to call yourself a decent man. And, you know, I have girls that I interact with on a regular basis. I'm not constantly messaging them and never are any of the things I'm messaging them remotely inappropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, And quite often I have people that have full access to everything that I say to everybody because I always want to be accountable to every possible thing that I say. Um, You know, there was a time when uh, we were very young in our, our ministry. And so my wife and I both were on a group message with a certain student just because we knew that, you know, not that I was going to be inappropriate or I thought she was going to be inappropriate, but just we wanted to be safe. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we always take steps to make sure that we, are, we, that we are not coming across as creepy older men for whatever reason. And so 
the thing that I want to say is that uh, if you're curious about this stuff, go ahead and watch it. I do recommend it. It is upsetting and, and it is hard to watch some of the stuff that's on, but it's important, I think. Um, we don't live in a world anymore where people just only get uh, sexually abused or assaulted uh, at places. You know, once upon a time, your home was your safe place and no one could get you in your home. You know, there, there's plenty of TV shows and movies of people sprinting to their homes. And once they're home, they're safe. You know, teenagers don't have that anymore. Um, and so just as a parent, you know, constantly keep asking your kids about this. I know for me, though my son is not a teenager, he talks openly about wanting a phone and, and wanting to be online. And mm-hmm. we we are very cautious and careful of everything he is doing online and making sure he's not able to interact with people he should not be interacting with. Um, and so in no way do I think we've done everything perfect so far. I think there's things we need to do to step up to do better. But... It, you know, just being involved and in knowing what is going on with your kids and also making sure that these kids don't feel shamed when someone is approaching them. Um, because one of the things I'm learning is that quite often uh, these younger girls will get ashamed uh, or ashamed of, you know, why did you allow this person to talk to you? It's like, well, they're inexperienced. They don't understand. And some of these people are horrible human beings that are literally only there to hurt these girls that's Mm -hmm. all they care about doing is putting power over them um so for us as parents as adults and just as decent people we have to be aware of this and also really make clear to those people that want to do harm to young people that they're monsters and we as good people will not stand for that um you know we call our listeners the good looking people because in in our understanding of life and, and goodness you know if you're a good person if you're trying your best you're doing you know what feeney said you know try do good um you know that's those are the people we believe we're talking to um mm-hmm. and we don't have time for people that are that are out there listening to us and then going off trying to hurt younger people. You know, we you're not our audience, so uh, we want to make sure that we're very clear and direct. Sorry, at least I'm clear and very direct of <laughs> that. That I believe there's a certain standard that as adults, especially as men, that we have to have online and and what we're doing. And if you're not living up to those type of standards, then you are the problem. And I I have I don't want anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. So I will I will I will lean away from that now because otherwise I, I can keep going. I've I've, say I've watched all these like within a week now. So I'm like deep into like mm. these monsters need to go down. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I'm there with you. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Kelly's been uh, been uh, watching a lot of those. Uh, you know, she's uh, there, there are moments where she's like she looks at me and she goes. I want to go work for these people because uh, I mean, good-looking people. If you have, if you have no clue what uh, what show we're talking about, it's it is a documentary uh, type of a show that you can find on Max. They follow an organization called Sosa that exists to uh, catch child predators online. Um, so, especially if you're a parent and you are uh, interested at all to learn how people can do these things and learn ways to uh, things to watch out for uh, it's a useful resource to uh, to check out 
So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, some good stuff there from you, Tyler. Dad number two this week. Thank you. I'll, I'll give you a quick shortened version of the other one. We have way too many superhero movies, and it's really hard to keep up with, and life is really expensive. I said this before. I'll say it again. I do not blame uh, do not blame DC quality for what's going on with their movies. Some of their movies are good. People just want to know what's going on. What's happening? Why is there not a Snyder Cut 2 coming out? Where's all the superheroes going, Brett? Oh, they're there. There's way too many Marvel things out there to keep up with. Brett, you talk. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that's a whole can of worms. Yeah, let's let's not go near that one. Uh, we had a busy week here uh, at our household. Uh, our youngest Asher had his tonsils removed on Friday. So, how's he feeling? He's doing okay. Uh, he's uh, we've had him uh, lots of meds for him. Uh, dipped into the uh, the oxycodone, uh, oxycodone. Yeah. Dipped into the oxy a little bit last night because starting to get a little used to the alternating Tylenol and ibuprofen, but he's doing all right, doing okay, being a champ. He's he's got he's inherited my tendency to want to push through the pain, so we gotta ignore his. uh, (laughs) We we gotta ignore his. I'm fine. Ooh, I'm fine. It's a dangerous phrase. Yeah, it's kind of obvious, though. And he's saying I'm fine, but wincing every time he swallows. So that was our Friday. But Saturday, I got to uh, go up to take in a Guardians game with Abby and Toby. A little interleague action against the Milwaukee Brewers. Got to see a pretty exciting game this time. Got to see him win. Was it a little bit more exciting than the last one? It was. It was actually much more exciting. Uh, they, uh, They actually got to win. Went down early, but came from behind. Had some really good ball play this time. Afternoon games, so sitting in the nice hot sun. Yeah. And then uh, Sunday, got to take in a little Broadway series Moulin Rouge up in Cleveland with uh, Abby and Toby. Yeah, so a busy weekend for us. And then uh, I was checking my Instagram today because – put up a shot of the stage while we're waiting for the show to get started and i uh i got a notification that um someone had commented on my shot i I almost i run i have three different instagram accounts this is the one that i almost never post to i put up like four posts a year on this one because i just never do i never use this one this is my personal one that i never use anymore and uh but i got a notification that someone commented on on the picture and i looked one of the uh, performers from the show had, I guess she went looking for anyone who had posted from the shots from the show that night from Cleveland uh, Playhouse Square. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's one of the one of the uh, performers. And actually, she's the understudy for Satine, the female lead. And so she's like, yeah. Awesome. Like, ah, that's kind of cool. And uh, so yeah, we had a great night. Great Friday. Great. Well, not so great Friday. Great Saturday, great Sunday. Asher's recovering. So, yeah, busy weekend and uh, very tired today. (laughs) Very fair. Very fair. But excited to dive in and explore. uh, Well, not excited to explore world post-Harvey, but interested to see what a world post-Harley can look like. So shall I hit you yeah. with a little bit of a synopsis here? 
<laughs> oh, please hit, hit away. I will say to say to you, uh, good looking people, we're just dealing with a teething, grumpy baby right now. So there's literally nothing fun coming from our end. So <laughs> good looking people. If you've never had a teething baby in your house, it is an adventure unto itself. <laughs> Yes. So if I can edit out any teething baby in the post-production, I will. If I can't, you'll get to enjoy with us. So anyway, this well, luckily week. Luckily, he's falling asleep. But yeah, hit that, let's hit that synopsis. <laughs> we are looking at episode 20 of season two this week, Pop Quiz. Corey and Sean come across Mr. Turner's lesson plan when they deliver some homework to his apartment. The two hurry home to study furiously for an upcoming pop quiz but soon feel guilty for cheating. Meanwhile, Frankie and Joey mourn the loss of Harley Kiner and seek out a new leader for their gang. This episode was written. Now, this is interesting. This is the first time we have this many names involved with the production of an episode on the writing end. Story by Kevin Kelton, Robert Kurtz, and Eric Brand. Teleplay by Kevin Kelton. Directed by David Trainer, originally aired February 24th, 1995, and currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 7.9. And now, for everyone's favorite game show sweeping the nation. Vast emotional damage. Tyler, our previous episode had a Nielsen rating of 17.9. That's 17.9 million viewers, good-looking people. What do you think Pop Quiz pulled in? Uh, let's go with... You know what? Uh, it's uh, This episode should be coming out right around 4th of July, so let's go with uh, 17 million point uh, seven hundred and six <laughs> seven point six. <laughs> Well, you would have won the showcase, but you are underneath where it came in. 19.1. I was thinking 19, but I, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes, good looking people. A lot of people involved in this one. And I think they put together a pretty decent episode. So let's dive in. We're going to open up in the hallways of John Adams High. Corey and Sean playing football like a couple of goofy middle school boys. They're uh, just throwing around. They're, they're Steve Young and Jerry Rice. Now, on the one hand, I don't fault them for being Steve Young and Jerry Rice in 1995. On the other hand, these boys are from Philadelphia, why is one of them not Randall Cunningham? Why are they not both Philadelphia players? But I don't fault them. <laughs> you know what, Brett? We're gonna. I actually, for the first time this year, this this school year, this school year, wow, <laughs> this season, season two, have a sports deep dive. So we'll talk about it in the deep dives. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, there. Uh, Corey is definitely showing us once again he's not the athlete because his pass goes awry he throws a perfect six yard pass and hits a blue 1995 Buick Regal <laughs> <laughs> that's right he hits Frankie with the ball Frankie Frankie is too sad to go chasing Corey Frankie and Joey are yeah. they're, they're distraught they're depressed they are reading 
they're reading a letter. And you know, uh, I, uh, I really want to hear Frankie's poetry about this because there's no way he didn't write some sort of a poet. There's some, there something. has to be something that he penned, maybe not in the moment because he may have been too depressed, but there has to be something he has he's written about this moment in his life. But yeah, and so Wait, what do you think Gloria thinks about this? <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder how long Gloria stuck around. Uh, you know, we d- we never saw her again after Cyrano. I wonder if she's still in the picture in the background somewhere. Yeah. I wonder if Frankie was just too much love under that ocean. I don't know. Maybe he was just too much of a tidal wave of love for her. <laughs> Could be. Or, and hear me out, season's got a season. <laughs> Just too much of an episode got an episode. <laughs> exactly. Well, Corey and Plot's Sean. Plot's got a plot. <laughs> Corey and Sean come back and uh, they realize that uh, they can probably get away with just about anything. And, they, you know, they're trying, they're, they're, they're not quite poking the bear yet, but they're, they're, trying to figure out why Frankie and Joey are not, you know, doing anything here. I'm sorry. (laughs) Are you telling me that Corey and Sean are not poking the bear right now? (laughs) Like, these are supposed to be two of their biggest bullies. Now, the biggest bully, Harley, who Corey stood up to the last episode, so maybe he's over that fear, but you're still telling me that they're not intimidated by Frankie and Joey? <laughs> well, um, I, I might be getting ahead of myself here, but um, and, and I'm, I'm trying to... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to recall here because I, I minimized that folder, but... Um, is this where we've got the lunch money? No, this is not the lunch. Oh, no, this is a different spot. No, no they come this back. Mostly them no, this, trying to this like is, yeah. use <laughs> they, Frankie's they come own back. fist get, to punch him. Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, they come back, and uh, th- this is my clip here. I did clip this discussion. I realize it's none of my business why you're not beating us up, but why aren't you beating us up? <laughs> Maybe they don't understand. I'll translate. Why ain't you pounding us to a pulp? Here, 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 let me try. Hey, why know this? Sorry, the thrill is gone. <laughs> Too bad, but you got there. It's a letter from Harley Kaina. It's okay, Joey. How's Harley doing in his new reform school? It's called juvenile boot camp. <laughs> Loves it. Thank you very much. He never wants to come home. Doesn't say it here, but I think he's got a new gang. Are you okay? You don't get it. We're lackeys. We're hangers on with nothing to hang on to. Come on, Joey. We might as well go to class. Yeah, they don't poke the bear here. They'll, they'll poke the bear later. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're still poking. They, they're they're poking a little bit. You know. Yeah. I mean, they're they're getting close. They'll poke later. But, uh, yeah, we find out Harley is has been shipped off to effectively juvenile. I mean, he's in juvenile boot camp. Probably yeah. from last week was the last straw. He's been in. Probably. He's been held back so many years. He's. 
and we we talked before about how many times he must have been held back that he's virtually a young adult at this point. Yeah. Well, and the other problem too is that they constantly talked about they don't go to class. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. What high school can you go to where you don't go to class? <laughs> yeah, where's Marion? <laughs> Marion Stapleton. I wish, I so wish that teacher would have stuck around and we could have had like the lame teacher and the cool teacher dynamic and (laughs) Mr. Feeney trying to keep a lid on things. Oh, yeah. But yeah, Frankie and Joey missing Harley. Apparently, Harley loves boot camp so much he's never coming back. Uh, Yeah. But either way, Frankie is or uh, Harley is gone and Frankie and Joey are just so depressed. They're going to go to class. Yeah, can't believe it. But uh, second, second half now, Brett. Second half. Exciting game once again. Second half. Their boys are going to go back to it. Another pass. Intercepted. By who else? The Wiley veteran. Feeney. <laughs> who has some information for the boys? Because their test scores <laughs> stink. In fact... I stink. I agree. Have you seen your latest test score? And if Mr. Matthews stinks, you, Mr. Hunter, are as odoriferous as a dead man in July. <laughs> That how is how a takedown if I've ever how as <laughs> <laughs> odoriferous as a dead man in July. <laughs> yes, but Brett, we're we're missing the point. They got a twelve and a sixteen. <laughs> On a test. How is that possible? Okay, well, first of all, remember, this is a Feeney test. And what did we learn about Feeney tests from Eric last last episode? <laughs> I don't care. I don't care, Brett. I don't care. How is it possible that they got a 12 and a 16? Now, if the 12 and the 16 is because it's like a... Like it's based on like you get a single point per per and there's like only like 50 or 30 questions or whatever mm-hmm. that could make more sense. But if you're saying it's a hundred point test and these guys only got 12 and 16, <laughs> how is that possible? I have no clue. We we should really submit this. We should start incorporating a, an ask ask the teacher segment where we feel we farm out some of these questions to our our expert teacher and see what what she thinks about some of these teacher questions you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not maybe not something that we need a full episode devoted to a, to a whole teacher input but just some of these smaller questions cuz i can probably like, make the math work but i'm not a teacher <laughs> Like, how does someone get a 12 or a 16? Yes. But it goes deeper than just the 12 and the 16, because this is an iconic discussion we have with Feeney here. A 12? How do you get a 12? I don't know. You ever open a book? What? A book. Do you ever open a book? What? Don't ask me. I got a 16. Gentlemen, do you ever go home and open a book? What? I want 
you to go home this afternoon and open a book. I don't care what you had otherwise planned. I order you, nay, I command you, go home and open a book. George. What? Watch this. Hi, boys. Nice boys. Nice boys. <laughs> Fellas, did you hear anything Mr. Feeney just said? No. He's real mad. <laughs> Do you have any idea why? No, he just started yelling like a crazy man. <laughs> you know, I'd give up on them, but I don't think they'd notice. This open a book thing is just, it's one of those memories I have of Boy Meets World that has stuck with me through the years. Just open a book. What? It's just, it's gold. This is, okay, this is top 10, in my opinion. Haven't done the math yet, you know, but probably top 10 most quotable things from the whole show. Oh, hands down. Just so funny. Have you ever opened a book? Open a book. What? Go home and open a book. What? <laughs> I command you. <laughs> I don't I, care what you're doing. Exact. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and, and the way Mr. Turner walks up, and he just, uh, nice boys. Good boys. <laughs> <laughs> like dogs. Like dogs, Brett. Just, That's really just cool. like dogs. Hi, boys. Nice boys. <laughs> Just, did you hear anything Mr. Feeney said? He's real mad. <laughs> it's, it, it shows in a nutshell that throughout this this year that we've seen them together, and you know we go back and forth, uh, un, unreliable narrator. This could be one year. You know, it's very likely a couple of years here that Mr. Turner has managed to build up a rapport with Corey and Sean, and we'll see a lot more of this by the end of the episode, just in this type of a conversation that he's managed to find a way to connect with them on some levels where Mr. Feeney just can't. Right. And it's, it's hilarious, but it really underneath the surface, it shows something that I've ragged on Mr. Turner a few times for the ways that he has failed them. But even in the midst of those failures, he's shown a propensity to be honest with them and build connections with them through those failures that I think has laid the foundation to be able to connect with them to this point, to connect with them to this level. Brett, I think nothing sums it up more. Than these words. <laughs> I don't care what you had otherwise planned. I order you. Nigh. I command you. <laughs> Go home and open a book. George, what? <laughs> I just, you know, I think it's that, that administrativeness that gets in Feeney's way. And we've seen it multiple times this year. So, you know, Turner does not have to balance that administrative with being a teacher. He can just be the young, cool, groovy teacher like mm-hmm. we talked about. Um, and you're right. He, he is able to connect with them in ways he can't. But also being younger, mm-hmm. he relates more to them in general. Mm-hmm. More of the things that he is interested in, so are the teenagers. Yep. Oh, yeah. So I mean, he drives up 
Harley for crying out loud. Exactly. Yeah. But we do find out that Corey and Sean's book reports were already due today, even though Corey does not remember hearing anything about it, even though they've yes. been mentioned every day <laughs> for two <Yes>. weeks. <laughs> so, so as much as they're able to relate to each other, they still aren't listening and paying attention in his class either. And good looking people. I love my 14 year old son. This is very true to life. So very true to life. <laughs> but, Brett, this is every single teenager oh, totally. ever. This is why I'm saying it's like, true to life. <laughs> just like I'm just thinking back through this past year with all of my teenagers, especially a lot of my student leaders, and I just look at them and be like, I know I told you these things. Why am I the only one that remembers? Oh, yes. You're preaching to the choir. I don't know how many times through you know, 15 years of working with teenagers, middle school, high school, even into college years. Adolescence runs from roughly, you know, once puberty starts through mid-20s. And in that time, I can't tell you how many times this very concept goes over and over and over. It just, it does. <laughs> well, let's just take this moment, Brett, for me to go. I'm sorry I did not open a book. <laughs> <laughs> You are forgiven. At least you didn't try to copy down the back of a VHS jacket. But that's for later. <laughs> yeah. Well, Corey does um, want to bring his grades up. Well, can I just say real quick, you know, <laughs> this is going to come up again next year of mm -hmm. Feeney wanting Sean to, and Corey too, but just like to take academics more serious and just to open a book. Like, look at the book, mm -hmm. read it, see what it actually has to say. And I love that this, because we're going to get to season three when this comes back up. And it's almost this nice, perfect tail end of like him having no desire to learn whatsoever. And eventually deciding that he is interested in the subject. Mm -hmm. But that's for next year. Yes. Sneak preview. We do find out Corey does want to bring his grades up. And uh, Turner decides to cut him some slack. Be, have your stuff to my apartment by five o'clock on Friday. Sean already has his my you know my dog ate it excuse ready. <laughs> Corey turns around, tells him not yet, and we are out of the teaser. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I will say it probably isn't wise for him to give out his home address or his phone number, but. It, it yes. is what it is. It is what it is. Groovy it was, teacher. He's the groovy new teacher. It was admittedly 1995 was a different time. Granted, it was, it was not 100% different, but there was a little more flexibility to work within in the system. Yep. Definitely not something that you would be encouraged to do today. But yes. No. I'm pretty sure people get fired over this now. Oh, probably. Yes. yes. I mean, I will also say, though, this is pre-Columbine. It's pre-9-11. The world is different oh, yes. now than it was mm -hmm. then. Totally. Yeah. So we start back into the Matthews kitchen. Morgan is learning to, uh, apparently she's got a homework assignment to make her own lunch that's teaching her independence. Uh, today is mm -hmm. Wonder Bread, Cheese Whiz, and Lucky Charms. 
Alan is initially grossed out by it, but very quickly comes around, offers it to Eric. Uh, he's already had it and tells mm-hmm. him he should try Fruit Loops on PETA. That's tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, Alan informs uh, Eric. And I'm, I'm saying this is exactly when we have confirmation. Eric has been not working at the market giant 100%, has not been there for a while because he would not be eligible for the sliding rapids mountain tickets giveaway because employees certainly would not be eligible for any giveaway. <laughs> it's, it bothers me that they just dropped the whole Eric has a job thing, but yeah. it is what it is. Come to my store, work for me. <laughs> yeah, I did last year. Stack boxes. <laughs> make money but but if they uh, if they could have just justified why he's not working there anymore i could have accepted it and moved on brett but i can't move on the canon doesn't make sense yeah i agree but either way eric has won two tickets to sliding rapids mountains that are sliding rapids mountain singular that are uh, at, uh alan clearly intends them to be for eric and Corey. however eric intends them to be uh, something else see when i look at this ticket i see someone in a skimpy wet bikini well, that's entirely up to Corey. Yeah. I, I do love his attempt to have these brother moments, mm-hmm. even though Eric has no desire for them whatsoever. Yeah, I, I, I really like Alan's gentle nudge encouraging some continued brother uh, bonding there. I mean, you can't make them spend. I mean, you can make them spend time together, but it's almost more detrimental. But encouraging them to is i mean this is the right path to go i mean you want yeah. you want you want them to want to spend time together they're already sharing a room together but uh you know eric does need to make the choice he did win the tickets so well anyway we go up to the boys bedroom where Corey and sean are uh they're they're uh they're debating over why they are such horrible students. Sean has a theory that it's actually their ancestors' faults for being lazy slackers and it's been passed on to them. <laughs> that they can put a man on the moon, but you still got to read. And Corey decides to do the, if I make this shot, we'll start studying. Ball goes out the window. Mr. Feeney yells, read a book. I nice, do love that so much. Nice little runner. I do love that. I like when they do that, like with the Awu uh, earlier this season. I, I do love when they do that. And Corey hits upon a very popular 90s sitcom trope. Instead of reading the book, we will go rent the movie, and we will just copy what's on the back of the jacket and use that for our book report. Very popular. Yeah. They are not the only sitcom that did this. So, yeah, a little little loss of points for creativity there. Yeah. Oh, well. But they are middle school boys, so. But I I, I would say, that is the thing. They're middle school boys. Like, uh, I just, I know for me, I can still think back enough of just not wanting to do any school stuff at all. And, like, there is a part of academics that does not 
actually help and progress and and allow them to learn at their own pace slash in the ways that they need it mm-hmm. um because if i could have learned like the way i know i i need to learn now i would have been a much better student mm-hmm. i would have re- remembered a lot more things that's for sure yeah there, there is a lot more understanding of different learning styles now than there was in 1995. And I I think a character like Sean would have benefited a lot from knowing different types of learning styles that are beneficial. But it wouldn't surprise me if Sean is dyslexic. Mm-hmm. Thus, he avoids reading, not because he doesn't want to, but because he struggles to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very possible. And what he doesn't realize, and it, what took me nearly, you know, give or take, let's go with 24 years, no, 25, uh, it, it took me a long time to figure out the more that I do it, the better off I can do it, and, and the more I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. With that said, I still don't like to reap that much, but, <laughs> you know, I... If I start a book that I want, I know I want to finish, I will. It might take me longer than it's going to take my wife to read it, but I know I'll enjoy it and I, you know, get lost in it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is it easier for me to listen to a book? Most definitely. Yeah. Well, the boys have run out because uh, it's a genius idea. Does Sean think that 16 was an accident? The next day at school is when they decide to poke the bear with Frankie and Joey because they're starting to put their milk money in front of them. Okay, hold on, though. (laughs) He said, by by Sunday, I'm grading them Sunday. If it's clearly, I don't know, Friday now, like, why wouldn't you just said, have it to me tomorrow? Episodes got an episode. It's one paper. <laughs> I don't understand. It's a book Brett. report. <laughs> this is clearly episodes got an episode. I mean, this is probably why there's three different people credited with writing this thing because potentially this all this is, should have been happening before mm-hmm. and it didn't. So yeah. Anyway, so the boys are uh, poking the bear with uh, Frankie and Joey, rubbing the dollar bill. Smell it, feel it. And Frankie's a little miffed by this. Come on, guys, what have we ever done to you? Oh. (laughs) Just that sad moment of realization when Frankie's realizing, oh, yeah, it's... It's very, it's a very poetic moment, just in the yeah. scheme of artistic there. I, I like it. Yeah. We get into uh, the, the Frankie and, and Joey are, they, they need, they realize that Frankie doesn't want a new leader, but Joey realizes they're lackeys. They need to find a new leader. And lo and behold, fate has brought them what they believe to be the perfect choice. Yo, Jasmine, did you know that our bodies are 98% water? Well, if you can squeeze that other 2% into a bikini, I've got two tickets to our natural habitat. That's great. Where's your ticket? I'm just about to pick it up. I can't wait. All right. You thinking? I'm thinking. Hey, Eric, can you take me to the video store after school? I gotta return my, you know, books. Oh. <laughs> you mean the tapes you use for your reports? Well, that's them. 
You know, it would be a shame if mom and dad found out about that. I'll say. So will I. Unless I get your water park ticket. You enjoy this, don't you? <laughs> Does it show? Is this the smoothest you've seen Eric in a while? Yeah, he actually made a scheme, made it happen. Mm -hmm. And it was nice to see Jasmine for five seconds. Yes, I said she'd be back. I was right. And this is all we see of her. (laughs) Well, that's why I was confused. You said, oh, yeah, she comes back. I'm like, are you sure? It's literally because she's in and out. Yes, she is. We see a returning character for... One line. <laughs> this, this is a Topanga, not uh, interested in Corey level of cameo. Yeah. This is a Topanga. I'm going Christmas shopping with my dad in New York. Yeah. <laughs> but very smooth. Very uh, mm-hmm. very good on Eric. Yeah. And sure. of course, he gets Corey's water ticket. Now, when Eric was handed the two tickets, I figured he would talk to Corey about not giving him the other ticket. But I guess if they both went in it on it together who knows who, who's to say but my guess is he he bowed to the idea of taking Corey and then saw his opportunity to blackmail Corey out of it fair yes, yes but we have a joey and frankie finding their new leader yes they're tingly with anticipation <laughs> yeah a little yes. creepy a little bit but yes we'll see some more creepiness I'm sure. Hey, speaking of creepy, Brett. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, the boys show up at uh, <laughs> Mr. Turner's apartment. First time we will see Mr. Turner's apartment, which will be a nice set for all of in season three. And uh, he invites him in, grab a drink. Uh, well, he's getting ready for a drink or for a date. We're getting ready for a drink. Uh, <laughs> And uh, for all you good-looking ladies out there, yes, Anthony Tyler Quinn, kind of a buff dude, or you know, all you good-looking dudes out there, I don't know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, walking around in what we used to call, uh, unironically, the wife beater, the A line, the A frame uh, undershirt. But yeah, it's the classic '90s underlook. Oh yeah. yes, the '90s underlook. Yes, with the mullet, the perm mullet, and uh, the jeans and the undershirt. The boys hand in their. Uh, <laughs> hand in their I was just thinking, ports. if this was nowadays, it'd be like a super skinny, way too tall, and a man bun. <laughs> Probably, the boys hand in their uh, hand in their book reports, which are. First couple of sentences, all right, and then we get into the clearly did not think this through, great cast, well acted, and uh, some great face acting from Anthony Tyler Quinn. Invites them in to have a drink while he clearly rearranges some stuff in the background and walks into a different room while he gets ready for his date. Conveniently out of the room for just long enough. And yes, we, convenient. <laughs> convenient. We get some Corey and Tyler walking around. Uh, Corey and Tyler. <laughs> Corey and Sean. Corey and Sean. <laughs> I you told know you the I'm classic tired. Tyler and uh, Corey. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I told you I'm tired. Uh, Sean dropping a CD in a fish tank that might have piranhas in it. Corey not being able to handle a monster truck model. 
And, uh, and then we get some really creepy uh, <laughs> investigating with the phone number they find on, <laughs> on the refrigerator because we find out that apparently John and uh, Ms. Tompkins are still dating. Hey, look, Ms. Tompkins' phone number. Who? You know, that social studies teacher. All right, the blonde. That must be who he's going out with. Yeah, they'll probably go out to dinner and then see a movie and then... Oh, man. Wait, you said is. As in S is me, my lucky lucky day. day. (laughs) George, George, who that? (laughs) Teach me about her. (laughs) What? So anyway, they finally discover that... Mr. Turner has left his uh, his grade book open, which has the teaching assignment in it. It's his assignment book. And they discover there's a pop quiz coming up next week. This is like the holy grail for them. It's gold. It's it's they know exactly what to study and when to be ready for it. And they hurry up, put it right back where it is, where it goes, where it came from. Mr. Turner comes out, asks for some advice on uh, which shirt. They give him bad fashion advice, and he quickly changes back. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen what they were all year. I would not <laughs> go for it there, Jonathan. I would very quickly change the other direction. Because Sean's wearing the same camo pants he had on last week when he joined Harley's gang. And still yeah. a shirt that does not go with camo pants. Um, they rush out. And uh, we get this little exchange in the hallway. We have no right to know what we just found out. We know when there's a test. We know what to study. And we just might get good grades. We finally beat the system! Yeah. I have two thoughts on this. <laughs> yeah? One, <laughs> for middle school boys that have had this information, with the exception of knowing when the, when the uh, pop quiz actually is, Duh. <laughs> but two, perhaps more interesting, they're actually both interested in getting better grades than they've been achieving. And this is actually something they both want. That's not something that we typically see, especially out of Sean, something that they want to achieve. And I find that rather interesting. Now, Corey, we've seen from time to time, want to achieve better grades or at least good grades. Sean especially has not been excited. Sean is jumping at excitement at the fact that he's found something secretive that will enable him to get a better grade, whether that's because he feels like he's cheating or he's just found a way around the system. Who knows? But he's actually excited at the prospect of getting a better grade. Right. Well, and I... It's that thing, though, where to accuse them just of being lazy is accurate, but not truthful. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, they're lazy, but their minds are all over the place and not (laughs) actually focused. It feels like they had a moment of focus. And so they go, oh, we know it's going to be this quiz is going to be on this. Let's just study this. Mm hmm. So I do love the ending of uh, the talk that he gives, Turner. But, uh, 
yeah, I, I love how excited they get of this and where they go from here. Oh, yes. That's fun. <laughs> so we come back to the halls of John Adams High again. Uh, Frankie and Joey have changed their look entirely. And they now are uh, yuppie chic, shall we say, looking just well, like okay. Eric. <laughs> Eric got a lot prepper this episode out of nowhere. And then he they <laughs> equally become as preppy. I Eric definitely did get a lot more preppy. <laughs> a sweater around the shoulders and everything. And they uh, they they are falling around. They spook him. Apparently... They followed Harley around for months, and he didn't know they were there. (laughs) But they make their plea to Eric. They want to be his lackeys. They even put a seventh grader in his locker for him. (laughs) Eric doesn't want it. He even, I mean, he's even calling Joey scum. Joey wants him to call him scum to his face and smack him. Joey Joey wants it. Joey has some issues. Yes. Joey has some deep-seated issues and clearly had an abusive relationship with Harley. (laughs) Well, I think there's also a strong possibility he does not have a good relationship with his parents Mm -hmm. and could have a slightly abusive relationship there as well. I think that's a fair assessment. So, I mean, how do I say this? There are those who will say I love you and will also hit you at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's a very dangerous and dark place to go. Yep. And there's a strong possibility that we're not seeing it, but could have been part of part of the reason why Joey rebels. Mm-hmm. Very possibly. So because they somehow Frankie and Joey were able to get preppy clothes out of nowhere. I don't Mm -hmm. think that's by accident. Oh, no. I mean, they have been thugs, so they definitely know where to go to get what they want. And clearly they know how to get things without paying for them as well. I mean, I was going to say that probably Joey could pay for them. That too. He could actually have that and just (laughs) had to pay for Frankie potentially. Very true. Yes. But anywho, Brett... uh we go to a very, very important and also another classic scene of Boy Meets World. We do. Mr. Feeney is meeting with a new transfer student who yeah, is... He's, he's, he's laying the law down, making he sure is. he understands this is his school. That's right. This, this Griffin Hawkins is a potentially troubled student. And Mr. Feeney has read his transcript. And he's a little surprised because he expected someone a little different. But uh, he should not be expecting to lull him into a false sense of security because no one pulls the wool over George Feeney's eyes. And then Miss Gill lets him know that Griffin Hawkins is here. And yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know that Miss Gill is played by Susan Knight. First and only time we'll see her on Boy Meets World. Only 13 acting credits to her name. Law and Order, Roseanne, Allie McBeal. Uh, fringe evil she's still active um, just very selective in the roles she chooses I guess but um, this is clearly not Griff because the real Griff comes in 
And before I get into the clip that I selected, Griff is very flirty with Miss Gill. I'm very uncomfortable about that. I am very uncomfortable about that because she is very flirty back. And I am very uncomfortable about that. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, that's not a good thing. I mean, I know they want to make clear that Griff is a ladies' man right off the bat, and yes. Griff can get a, get away with things and get women swooning. But like, a grown woman who is part of the administration should not be swooning over any teenager whatsoever. Oh no, 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 not at all. There, there. She effectively is more than old enough to be Griff's mother. Ladies' man, Griff. Should be able to make her smile, but not swoon. <laughs> Brett, should we talk about who plays Griff? We should. We saw Griff once before back in Band on the Run, but he was playing Senior. But this yeah, is... Classic, classic character Senior. <laughs> classic character Senior. But yes, no, no, no. This is... Adam Scott, better known to a lot of people around the world as Ben Wyatt. Ben Wyatt! From Parks and Recreation and tons. Uh, you can go back to Ban on the Run. I gave the whole rundown of Adam Scott's IMDb, but Adam is a very successful actor in Hollywood. And he's uh, not actually on screen a lot as Griff, only a handful of episodes. Um, Isn't that surprising? It is. I, I commented back uh, in Band on the Run. I think it was only three episodes we get him as Griff in. But he leaves such a massive presence as Griff in my head that I felt like he was there for like a, at least a half a season. Yeah. But his time as Griff is just that big of an impact. And he fills that void of heart that Harley left in a very unique way that's a, yep. it's very well done. It's not just plugging in another greaser. It's plugging in someone completely different and filling that void in a very good way. Yeah, I agree completely. I, I love that Amelia establishes that, uh, Griff is someone for Feeney to, uh, is going to give him trouble. Oh, right yes. Away. Right away. And, uh, <laughs> He's he's interested in the challenge. Oh yes, yes, and and uh, let's let's hear their first real confrontation. Take a seat, Mr. Hawkins. <laughs> Take another seat, Mr. Hawkins. Well, I figure I'm be sitting in this seat so much. I just wanted to take in the view from your side. Mr. Hawkins, I will make this short and to the point. This is my school. You are a guest in my school. And while you're here, you will toe the line and respect the rules. Now, what is your first class? English Lit. Hey, kid. Room 103. And take good notes. <laughs> Fine, Mr. Hawkins. That frees you up for detention with me. And Mr. Feeney does not let him get away with anything right from the start. No, it's it's we didn't really get much of actual 
Harley with Feeney. I wish we would have. Mm-hmm. But I like that we're establishing right away that he is someone that Feeney is going to have to deal with. Yep. Oh, yeah. And deal with harshly. So, I don't know. I, I like how they started. I don't like the whole, um, you know, Miss Gill situation. But it is what it is. The episode is the episode has been you know out there for over almost thirty years now. So yeah, but you know, but I mean, uh, for crying out loud, what a great way to introduce yourself to the principal and also to the audience. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a first impression to remember. And I, I have to say, I don't know if I mentioned this on Band on the Run, but I remember when I first started watching um, uh, Parks and Rec, and when Adam Scott came, I was just like, gosh, how do I know that guy? <laughs> I feel like I know him somehow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he was Griffin. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had a very similar reaction the first time I saw him show up on mm-hmm. Parks and Rec. Which, let's just, Brett, let's get out of the way. His name is Griffin. They call him Griff for short. Grifter is a way of saying someone that cons. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a con artist, you know. Yep. There you go. Is what it people. is. Yep. A little on the nose, but there it is. <laughs> yep. So uh, Frankie and Joey still shadowing Eric. He really doesn't want them. He's not. His name is not Rico. He does not want them. Griff is so charming to not just the ladies, but Eric notices that Frankie and uh, Joey are entranced by Griff as well. And so he has a plan to pass them off to him at Chubby's. And Mm -hmm. so he introduces them to Griff at Chubby's. And the initial meeting, mm, it doesn't go over so well. You know, it's not bad, but it's just kind of a little meet and greet at the bar but we'll jump over to uh, uh over to uh Corey and sean who uh <laughs> have uh somehow we managed to jump over their pop quiz time yeah it's just this weird space wibbly wobbly timey it, it is thing. just but just Corey and sean had a pop quiz and they were so prepared that they each had a handful of pre-sharpened number two pencils no, to hand not out. just a handful like a double fister like <laughs> double they had enough fisted. pencils for the whole school <laughs> number two pencils both anyone <laughs> both of them if Sean shows up with number two pencils ready to hand out, everyone knows something's going on. <laughs> I, I do love that interaction with them. Like, All right, guys, pop quiz. Oh, how could you spring this we are on us? I don't know. Unprepared. <laughs> well, guys, well, if you're you guys feel it that way, oh, no, no. Postpone if tomorrow. If not ready, we should not be able to do well. <laughs> It's just, it's so perfect. I love it. Well, they take mm-hmm. the quiz and they come out of the the classroom and here we pick them up. 92. Wow. I, I've gotten a nine. I've gotten a two, but never together. What'd you get? 96. <laughs> Jump up and down. I can't. Why not? Because we both know I studied for it. <laughs> well, so did I. That's why we didn't tell anyone. Yeah, but I feel like a cheater. Oh, Sean, I can't live like this. I never should have studied. Boy, but I wouldn't give for an F right now. Oh, oh, my 
my stomach. This is the way it is. We both studied and we got good grades. Now deal with it. Oh, oh, now my head hurts. We gotta tell Turner. It's the right thing to do. No, Corey, come on. I got a 92. This one grade alone gives me a decent shot at a trade school. <laughs> okay, let's let's set aside the trade school thing because that's clearly just there for a joke. Yeah, but Sean is just proud of himself. He, he studied, is. he put in the work, and he got a good grade. Mm-hmm. He went home after they went to Mister Turner's. He read through what was it, three chapters to prepare for the test, and he had from sat because they got there a day early. He had from Saturday until Tuesday to prepare for this t- this pop quiz and he got himself a 92% on this pop quiz. Yeah. He has every reason to be proud of himself. Yeah. He's got a 9 cheated. before and a 2 before, but never together. But Corey feels like he cheated because he knew ex- he knew what to prepare for even though yeah. it was stuff they had been reading anyway. Yeah. Well, I, I will say like I do remember when I was in sixth grade, all of a sudden, our teachers were like, this is what you're taking a test on. <laughs> if you want to do well, this is where you need to look. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, this question may pop up. You may want to pay attention to this. <laughs> and it's not like they were trying to talk down to us, but just trying to make clear of, we want you guys to do well. Mm-hmm. And we'll tell you what to study. Just Take the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Open a book. What? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So. But somehow we, we go back to Chubby's. We go back to Chubby's, and it's it's a, it's a no for Griff. Uh, he's not going to take on Frankie and Joey, but then a football player comes in, and. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't know if it's a football player. Well, okay. It's an athlete. I'm going right, to say, I said football player, but we, uh, you know, I can't make that assumption. We know it's an athlete. Yeah, I, 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 hey, listen, mister, I'm the father of a band <laughs> kid, and I don't really like the football team. I heard that tone. Uh, uh, there was no tone. <laughs> oh, I heard the tone. <laughs> there, okay, it's a jock. How about that? Right. Let's just say he's, I don't know, like, on the lacrosse team. <laughs> Cross team. Okay. Um, would you like to eat your co now or later? Oh, does it say football? He has a big football embroidered on the left breast of his uh, Letterman jacket. <laughs> I just pulled up the screen cap. <laughs> Tell me. Uh, let's see. Can I show you my screen here? <laughs> well, if you could send it to me through Messenger. Yes, I can. Hold on. There is a football there. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, okay. Just, I'm getting on a soapbox right now. It's I understand it's that there's a lot of writers in Hollywood that got bullied by the football team once upon a time in the 80s. And I'll give you the 90s and maybe even the early 2000s. But when I played football, the amount of like high achieving academics that were in our crew of football players and the amount of, hey, we're all just here to hang out and just get through the day and get back to practice. Like the way that 
that that shows and movies tend to show <laughs> football teams is to be like these bullies that like come together they're just like urgh, urgh, urgh. that's all they ever do clearly you've not spent time with an actual football player on a one-on-one basis because i know for most of us we were literally going i'm so tired i am dying oh gosh i have to go learn something now <laughs> um <laughs> So, yeah, so I'll give you that it's a football player, Brett, <laughs> but I am over this whole writers having, you know, football players be the problem and the football players walk on water. I'm over it. it I is. don't ever see another TV show or movie about football players, you know. It is industry shorthand. It's just it's not real anymore. <laughs> it is industry shorthand. It's it's not the last time we'll we'll see a bully football player on Boy Meets World either. <laughs> Rocco, Rocco. <laughs> anyway, this uh, this this uh, athlete, this jock, comes in and uh, Tommy, Tommy, he mistakes Eric for Griff. Somehow. uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. He's a lady killer? I like to think so. Griff uh, realizes it's it's him because, you know, are you Griff? Well, Tommy is played by Eric Balfour. First and only time we'll see him on Boy Meets World. 90 credits to his name. Kids Incorporated, Step by Step. Step by step, (laughs) day by day. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, What Women Want. NYPD Blue, 24, Monk, Charmed, the reboot from a couple of years ago, and a lot more. It's jungle out there. (laughs) Ah, yes. Well, uh, Griff is apparently a very slick operator, and either (laughs) he... I'm just giggling because I'm just singing in my head the Monk theme song. And you're trying so hard to be professional and keep going. If I couldn't see you, I wouldn't have. If I couldn't see you, I wouldn't have known anything was going on on your end. Well, Griff, Griff has either managed to completely snake Tommy's girlfriend away from him. Or his girlfriend was so impressed by Griff's smooth nature and humor that she told him about him and being impressed by him that Tommy is just so incredibly insecure that he feels the need to go pound Griff. Both are options. Yes. And neither one is a good one. First one's definitely not good on Griff's part. And the second one's definitely not good on Tommy's part. I mean, I think they're just trying to show that Griff is the ultimate ladies' man and all the ladies want Griff. Oh, yes. Women want him. Men want to be like him. Yeah. (laughs) Except for Tommy. Tommy doesn't want to be like him. Must be tough to live in a world where not everyone's name is stitched on their jacket. (laughs) Griff is quick with the wit, though. But, uh... This is where Frankie and Joey show just what kind of a benefit they can be to Griff because uh, they step in to intercept the harm that Tommy intended for Griff. 
and show their yes. worth. Because it would be beneficial to save Griff time from talking his way out of these inevitable situations, as he puts it. And so there we go. Eric manages to pass Frankie and Joey off to Griff. They have a new leader. And did you notice that the atmosphere in Chubby seemed to be a little more cool than normal once Griff is in there? Well, of course, because Griff's there. <laughs> a little more saxophone in the background this time. Yeah, he probably paid him. Griff apparently has money. Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> I mean, okay. I get that he's all a con man and everything, but if Griff actually comes from money, it would make sense why he can just do and get away with things and keeps getting moved to different schools. So oh, if yeah. private schools are all done with him, then a public school like John Adams is his only real last shot. In real life, Griff grows up to be a serial killer. Or? Or a politician. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so after all this we go back to Turner's classroom where Corey and Sean come clean and we'll pick it up right here we knew about the quiz in advance we um we kind of saw it at your house on your lesson plan the one I left open on my desk yeah the one I easily could have covered but I didn't yeah that's the one alright what's going on here Mr. Turner if that's your real name <laughs> I want you to get good grades. By letting us cheat? Guys, that assignment has been the homework for the last two weeks. It has? <laughs> Wait, you mean you want us to know what to study? Well, I'm lost. It's <laughs> the whole idea. I stand in front of the class and talk. You learn. It's called education. <laughs> so that's why this building exists. <laughs> Some of us are students and... Some of us are teachers, and if the students listen to the teachers, then... Oh, I almost got it. <laughs> then they get good grades. But why? Why do you think, Sean? Because if you get good grades, it means you've actually learned something. Am I close? And so we have that first part. I, I clipped the rest of it, too, but I wanted to, to split it into two just to kind of focus on that first part where Mr. Turner kind of lays it all out there that this was all a setup for their benefit, that he knew exactly what they were doing the whole time, that he wanted them to get good grades. He wanted them to know exactly when the quiz was and exactly what to study because he wants them to succeed. You know, I, I love this scene because it's clear that he had other motive for maybe allowing the boys to think they got one up on him. Like somehow they outsmarted him. They found something they weren't supposed to mm -hmm. at a place they weren't supposed to. Um, I mean, honestly, it also could have been in his office or his classroom that, that he could have seen that, but you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but on the same token, it, it's a great moment. And Sean is starting to catch and starting to get it, but not quite there yet. Mm -hmm. Almost had it. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, let's let's keep going with this thought, this little interaction here. I must say I'm surprised, Mr. Turner. You know, guys, you can get A's again anytime you want. You mean we can look at your lesson plan? Absolutely. It's up there on the blackboard every day. Wow. <laughs> now get out of here. Go home and open a book. You got it. Hold it, Mr. Matthews, Mr. Hunter. Am I to understand that you've heard all this and are now going home to open a book? Yeah, we heard him loud and clear. He was talking right to us. <laughs> I believe we said $20. Yeah. And we find out... Above all a scam. Many other things. This was all a bet between Turner and Feeney. <laughs> yep. But Mr. Turner lets the boys know that this information was not some deeply guarded secret, that these things that they needed to succeed are not locked away. They're always there. That they have the tools they need to succeed all the time. They're right there, right in front of them. All they need to do is look. Yep. And he's not there to make things hard on them. He's there to help them succeed. Yeah, I I don't know. It just feels like... How do I say this? This is a wonderful moment of actually showing of them trying, giving effort, and it actually working out. And also that this was Turner's plan the whole time uh, was allow them to think that they're, they're tricking him or some form. But I love that when they go to confess, he's like, yeah, you literally fell into what I wanted you to fall into. You're doing the thing I thought you could do. Mm-hmm. You can get A's. You showed this. I didn't give you the answers. You studied. Mm -hmm. You actually took your academics serious for a little bit. So why do you think you can't do it again? Love it. Indeed. So we end on our tag of Joey and Frankie hanging out by the phone with their new leader, Griff. And uh, he wants them to be a little more smooth. Yogi Boo Boo back. If they're going to hang with him, they got to be more smooth. You know. If, Yo, Cookie. Uh, <laughs> Yo, Cookie, what's your name? They can't just yell at girls if he wants to know who they are. And uh, Corey and Sean are not aware that they have a new leader and they're through their depressive cycle. Yes. And uh, they're they're poking the bear again they get permission from griff to uh to mess with Corey and sean and we get a smash cut to Corey and sean hiding in the trash can well after school hours and then hiding from the janitor as he empties the mop out into the trash can not sure why he's not carrying his bucket with him but uh then of course hey where'd you get the gum a lovely sentiment to end our episode on. <laughs> yep. And that good exactly. looking people is pop quiz. So Tyler, do you have any deep dives for us? People, 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 people. Am I 
read the summer reading list? Sorry, no deep dives today. I don't believe that. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles in the 1995 season, shall we? All right. (laughs) Season ends in 1995. The previous season, 1994, the team did not do so well, uh, ending its 7-9 record. We talked about that before. This year, however, they went uh, 10 of uh, 6 with new coach Ray Rhodes and actually qualified for the playoffs for the first time in three seasons. Now, again, Brett, you may be wondering if uh, these boys are in Philadelphia and they are such big uh, Eagles fans, why, oh, why are they acting like Steve Young and Jerry Rice? Well, <laughs> other than the fact that they're by far the two biggest names in the NFL at the time. Oh, clearly. <laughs> here's something I learned while I was doing a deep dive. Randall Cunningham, who has been the starting quarterback for several years now, uh, was actually hurt through most of the season. And so a different quarterback named Rodney Pete uh, ended up being... Th- Starting quarterback through most of the season. And even though they went 10-6, Randall Cunningham only won one game for the Eagles. So was not a solid season for their their veteran quarterback. And the leading wide receiver uh, would have been Fred Barnett. He only had 48 catches, 585 yards, and five touchdowns, which is not bad. For the third receiver, or the fourth <laughs> receiver, but for the first receiver you got, not great. Not now, part of that is because their running back, uh, Ricky Waters, had a really good season, probably carried the team. He had over 1,273 yards and 11 touchdowns. So for the people that don't know, in football, sometimes your running game with the running back is really good. So you don't have to throw the ball that much. And sometimes your passing game is not very strong. So you have no choice but to run the ball, i.e. go check out the 49ers in the the NFC Championship game to get more information. (laughs) Get a little bit more information about the San Francisco 49ers. They went 11-5 and that season. They finished first in their division. Now, I will say... Uh, As I was looking at this, too, Steve Young was hurt for part of the season, and so he did not play every single game, but he was still a pro bowler, and he still put up 3,200 yards, 20 touchdowns, and then they mentioned Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice only had 122 receptions. Uh, 1,848 yards and 15 touchdowns. So, you know, not too bad. Not too bad at all. I mean, he only (laughs) triples and then some. The Eagles' best wide receiver. So (laughs) Jerry Rice is one of those athletes that's he's in his own category. Oh, yeah. No matter who has come since him, has not come close. Mm Mm-hmm. At all. He is by far the greatest wide receiver and arguably still one of the greatest NFL players of all time. Mm -hmm. I know there's some people that believe Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. I have a very strong opinion against that. (laughs) But yes, the uh, 49ers won the Super Bowl on January 29th, 1995 at Joe Robbie Stadium in Miami. They beat the San Diego Chargers 49-26. to 
And that was the first Super Bowl that Steve Young won as a starting quarterback. So that would be why two young boys in 1995 were claiming to be Steve Young and Jerry Rice instead of uh, the Eagles that they were supporting. Now, also, that's because, in general, this show does not actually care about (laughs) what Philadelphia kids are into compared to what other kids are into. And they're just throwing them in jerseys, throw them in jerseys. But it was nice to talk about sports a little bit. So, reform schools. It's a penal institution, generally for teenagers, mainly operating between 1830 and 1900s. Started in the UK and its colonies reformatory uh, commonly called reform schools were set up from 1854 onwards basically for young convicts uh, as an alternative instead of going off to prison or jail they would go to these reform schools where they would try to learn life skills and uh, get out of the line of crime Nowadays, we mostly have like the juvie system, but you know, there still are reform schools out there. Piranhas! They are from South America. They mostly live in rivers and uh, floodplains, lakes, and reservoirs, although often described as extremely predatory, and they mainly feed on fish. Dietary habit vary extremely, and they also take plant materials, leading into classifications as omnivores. So, a lot of times, piranhas are considered these carnivores that the moment you put your hand in one of their tanks, they're going to rip your flesh to shreds. And, you know, overall, that's not completely accurate, although they would have no problem with taking a bite off of you. I do understand why they may be confused on the the fish in Turner's tank of maybe being a piranha because looking at a screen grab of a piranha and that one, it's not that far off, although you can tell that it's not a piranha. There's no teeth on it whatsoever. But yeah, they're omnivores. They're not complete carnivores. They do like to travel in a pack, and so quite often people will get concerned because, you know, there's lots of piranhas, but you still have to be careful because they can go after you, but they're not the most dangerous thing on the whole entire planet. But for whatever reason, like, in that 90s era, like, they were hardcore, like, watch out for piranhas and quicksand. <laughs> Everywhere was quicksand. <laughs> I, I honestly thought as a kid that I was going to have to deal with quicksand a whole lot more. So IMDb of Mice of Men from 1992 is a nomadic farm worker who looks after his dim-witted, gentle giant friend during the Great Depression. That describes a lot. Uh, I've not seen Of Mice and Men, but I do know that it is a classic. John Malkovich was in it, Gary Neeson, Ray Walson... But yeah, I know it's one of those stories that just is a big deal. I unfortunately have never seen it myself, and I wish I would have had a better description because, wow, IMDb, you blew it there. So I do have an article from Webster's Dictionary about the questionable origins of quizzes. I did not actually get the time to really read through it. But the show about the early uses of quiz says, although we are unable to account for the origins of quiz, we can't answer the its usage, the noun quiz, first used with the meaning an an eccentric 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 sure person or thing, a slang sense of while 
opt uh, not obsolete rarely used today to preserve the literary works this sense has also survives the uh, adjective quizzical which can often mean eccentric odd whimsical i'm willing to send this to you brett because there's actually is a whole lot of interesting information on here that we don't have time to go into but essentially quizzes basically uh in the in the the main main point is that uh they're still popular in school online on television and magazines or often in bars or pubs questions are asked and the questions are answered except for where did the word quiz come from because i tried to look up where did this whole pop quiz thing come from and i couldn't find anything but yeah I'll send this to you because it is kind of fascinating. All right. The only other thing was going to be about uh, <laughs> the different water parks near Philadelphia, but too many of them message New Jersey, and who wants to talk <laughs> about New Jersey? No one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, those are your deep dives, Brett. All right. So let's talk about... You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? What did we learn today? Tyler, what did you learn from Corey and Sean's adventure of the pop quiz? Well, Brett, I think one of the big things I learned was that uh, sometimes we can both be jerks, but also be learning something really meaningful and, and, and important at the same time. Because I, I noticed at one point that is there is this feeling of two different episodes almost crossing each other. Mm-hmm. Like, because the main storyline is Corey and Sean trying to deal with their grades and seeing uh, Turner's lesson plan. But on the same token, the, the secondary main character is Frankie and Joey and what goes on with them. And part of that is Corey and Sean uh, acting as bullies in a sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you can have the dual, the uh, the dual uh, motivations, you could say for people to both act as the, the heroes and the ones trying to learn and, and grow, but also at the same time being complete and total jerks to other people. So basically it's a, you know, be careful just how much stock you put into what you think someone should or shouldn't be, or that they would never do that. Well, guess what? People can, and they will. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, my learning was that uh, I need to remember that uh, no matter how much I put into teaching my own children or anyone else that I invest into teaching, that sometimes I've got to remember that I will need to make it as simple and obvious for them that I need to remember that I need to make it as easy that I need to be helping them to succeed because it can be really easy to slip into. I've been putting this up here for you every day for weeks. I've been reminding you every day. And sometimes I might need to get creative and help my kids learn by 
doing something or telling them something in an obvious way that I didn't even think of to help them succeed and to help them understand something I'm trying mm-hmm. to get through to them. And maybe it's something as simple as leaving a book out for them to read or leaving something that I never had intended for them to see out so they can catch it and understand. But as a dad, maybe there's a page that I can take from Mr. Turner's book sometimes. Well, Mr. Turner was thinking outside the box. Mm -hmm. He needed to communicate to them how important it is without physically saying it. Yeah. Because, I mean, George Feeney, as much as we love him, he is a staunch, this is the way I teach. This is the way I teach. This is the way I teach. And you will learn the way I teach. Mm-hmm. Now, we've seen Feeney do little crazy things himself, but there's other teachers around. And now he's an administrator, so he can he has to stick almost guns to the way he's teaching and the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do love that... Uh, Again, they still get it. And and we have to remember that just because we say something 115 million times doesn't <laughs> mean they're always going to hear it. Yeah, and sometimes it's because we've said it 150 million times precisely it, why it, they don't hear it. It's true. It, and that is such a thing that you always forget about. Mm-hmm. Is eventually yeah. you say it too many times and people just... Don't hear it anymore. Indeed. Yeah. So. I'm right? No, you're exactly right. So am I done with my education? Can I go? What do you give pop quiz for a grade? <sighs> I'm stuck in the middle between an A or an A minus and a B plus. Uh, it's not really a way to split that difference. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just. It's one of those things where there's stuff as a dad that's really hard for me to see past, like uh, the whole joke about the adult that is fawning over a teenager. Um, mm-hmm. And also now the narrative of the football player being a dumb jock, you know, that annoys me. But what Turner is able to do in in, in helping the guys to see that they're the ones that studied and achieved the A, you know, is such a powerful moment. And yeah, Eric had absolutely nothing this episode for sure. Um, Dang it. I'm going just with a solid A. All right. I have no choice. Not an A minus. We're going A. Not an A plus, but A. I'm going with an A minus. Uh, it's, it's those things that you brought up. The the whole uh, the thing with Miss Gill just doesn't sit right right with me. Some of the some of the laziness with the episodes got an episode just a little bit to move it along, but. The Turner Feeney dynamic of guiding them through and what Corey and Sean are able to to accomplish on their own learning through the process and what they're able to discover about themselves in this unbeknownst to them guided process, loosely guided process 
where they're able to effectively learn that they can do what they need to do and gain the results that they want to gain. Yeah. That's just, it's, I, I can't, can't say anything more that we haven't already said. So a minus for me. I mean, I, I, I will say like, it does bother me the way that Corey and Sean treat Frankie and Joey. However, mm-hmm. your bullies are in a state of sadness and you're taking advantage of it because they're humans. Yes, I get it. They are, but and they also get their comeuppance <laughs> from their arrogance, and I love that. It is, and you know, you've got anywhere between one to potentially two years of being tormented by Frankie and Joey to this point, and a small window of returning the favor, so to speak. And granted, yes, it is at a low point, and you would prefer to see mercy. But at the same time, by the end of these 22 minutes, you are seeing Corey and Sean have everything they gave to to Frankie and Joey given right back to them in in more than what they gave them. Because what we see given is smell the milk money. And what we see them handed back is their stuff in a trash can. Yep. Well-deserved. Yes, I won't argue with that at all. <laughs> so, well, Brad, I think that's an episode. That is an episode. I've got a dad joke for you before we head on out. All right, hit me. All right. I can tolerate algebra, maybe even a little calculus, but geometry is where I draw the line. Yeah. <laughs> well, good looking people. That is officially an episode and we thank you for checking in with dad's meat world this week we know that your podcast time is valuable and we thank you for spending it with us yeah you better enjoy those fireworks that's right and uh we'd love to hear from you you can drop us a message at dadsmeatworld at gmail.com or you can leave us a comment on any of our social media channels at dadsmeatworld twitter facebook instagram and on youtube at dadsmeatworld so leave us a five-star review on uh Apple Podcast page. We'd love to hear why you love us and uh, why other people should listen to us. Yeah. And until next time, I'll see you. Good looking. Bye, good looking. They want you to take the rolls. <laughs> they want you to take the rolls. You can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story. Yeah, I mean... Again, this is just the whole, <laughs> we got to get the, ju- what the heck? <laughs> Sorry. I was trying to send something to us in the group chat and all of a sudden it was like exiting way too much. So uh. anywho, uh, to make, to, to focus, cause I can't multitask like my wife can. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I almost lost my Dr. Pepper. 23 flavors, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Ah, uh, yes.
Oh yeah. But yes. Well, sorry, hold on. I have, I'm chewing pop tart, but I have a point. <laughs> <laughs> there is a nice little blooper for the end. This is great radio. This is. So as uh, Tyler waits for the uh, unequivocally proven uh, evidence there of uh, my vindication. Did you send it to the pods meet vacation? No, I sent it to you directly. Oh, well, that doesn't help. (laughs) I'm using my wife's Kindle. Oh. Well, I didn't. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I, I realized that when I was looking up stuff, I didn't actually fully read it before. I was, and I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? They want you to take the rules! My mission is now to always have that in there. What? You know, how can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid? Can that just always be our end? 